This should be interesting. He is recording, so. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for like like a yell and a thud like or something. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was hoping for like, I was hoping for like a yell and a thud or something. Oh. No, it was. I'm recording a podcast. Can you be quiet? Thanks. That's that's how that happened. I also not the ASMR I... version. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we just got out of the Barbie movie. That was my second time seeing it. Your first time? First time. I'm curious to know, like, what your initial thoughts is. We're going to do a full episode on this, but this is just, like, initial thoughts. We're literally sitting in my car at the movie theater. I mean, it was very... I expected a lot of social commentary going into it, and there definitely was a lot of that, but not just, like... You go to the Barbie movie, so you expect there to be social commentary and, like, gender roles and, and, yes. and sexism and stuff, but I... There was more to it, too. I felt like there was some some talk about, like, just identity in general. Like, like... And stolen a, land, too. Quite literally, they land. bring up indigenous people. Like, yeah. Well, in the movie. That, and I was just talking about, like, one's, like, individuality, too. Like, yeah. um, being your own person, not, like, defining your worth based on other people. Yes. Um, that was, was really cool. big theme to at the end. Hashtag I am cannot. <laughs> um, they're selling that hoodie, by the way. Like for, and the, I wanted to tell you that, but I didn't because I didn't want to give it away. Um, but, I liked Mattel's because they were at the beginning. It said like a Mattel production. Yeah, I so, liked that they were able to laugh at themselves. Yes, about like the, the products that got canceled or yeah, they were just like not like cancel as we know it, but like, no, but know, literally canceled, like, canceled, like taken production. out of production. Yeah, yes. I thought that was really funny. Um, that was funny. I looked like the freak not looked like i was the freak <laughs> that was taking notes in the theater yes, so, bright bright notes they really were like, well, I they, I it was the white the background but then it well, went i turned the brightness black. down all the way but yes um <laughs> so i either looked like a you know someone who was about to write a report on it or a really angry man being like, <laughs> she said this it was the former um kind of we're doing a podcast but do you have any final thoughts before I enjoyed it. I thought I, yeah, I just thought it was a good movie. Um, I'm sure as I process, there'll be more to say, and we're gonna do an episode like you said. But yes, um, yeah, I I did enjoy it. That was a good movie. All right, we'll see you in like less than two seconds. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. You said that we were going to do that, too, right away, and I completely forgot. So we're talking about Mission Impossible, right, this this episode? Um, of course. I don't even know what Mission Impossible movie it is, but I know there's a Mission Impossible movie out, but no one's talking about it because we're all talking about Barbie. The one that doesn't include Scientology, <laughs> yeah. as far as we know. Is he Tom, is Tom Cruise. Cruise still in that? Who, who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm probably not going to see, or maybe I will, I don't know, I don't know, who knows? We're talking about, of course, Barbie. We are. The movie. We're talking about Barbie. You've seen it how many times at this point? Yeah, the intro is now incorrect. I've seen it three times. And I actually, I have a bone to pick with the audience that you and I saw it with. Because I saw, you were my second <laughs> time seeing it. And I, like, the first time I we saw it. We also saw it, it like, on a Monday. 
And we it did. was at 7.30. So we did. That could make a difference too. But go ahead. Just giving yes. context. Giving context. Of course. Defending my audience. Yes. Well, the first well, it had nothing to do with Justin. He was phenomenal. <laughs> I feel like I was the loudest reactor. You probably were. And in my first <laughs> showing, you would have been the quietest because oh. people were like really like they clapped before the show. They clapped or before the movie, after the movie. Every single person was in pink except myself. I was dressed in a Ken like fashion, but. My shirt was orange, but yeah, like the, the second group was just the least lively and we were at AMC, like heartbreak is supposed to feel good in a place like this, <laughs> as you've heard from Nicole Kidman. Our favorite but, Australian. Yes. No, Zach's our favorite Australian. She's our Yes, he is. Australian. And he does not live in New Zealand. <laughs> like I said to his face or through a screen, I was like, he's from New Zealand. And he was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, no, he's not. He's from... Australia. Um, anyway. But yeah, so we are going to talk about the Barbie movie. Um, how are you before we before we get into it, before I'm, we bring in our guest? I'm doing well. I'm excited about this episode. You commented on my shirt again before we started recording, and I'm 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 happy about that. Thank you. Makes me makes me feel good. Just little things like that. Words of affirmation. Appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm excited for this episode. Let let's bring in our guest. This Barbie graduated from St. Joseph's University. She's laughing hysterically at me right now. This past May and is now pursuing a graduate degree from the same university. She's still living in Philadelphia this summer. She's a very cool person. Let's just bring her in. Uh, her name, Sarah Melly. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. Can we just say... You took time on very short notice to be here. <laughs> and even you're even here instead of hanging out with your friends right now. So we very much appreciate you. I myself took time away from beach. <laughs> so, <laughs> but thank you for being here. I, any excuse to talk about Barbie, it's been my whole personality for the past. Week, so. And we love that. Before we get into the Barbie conversation, though, we do ask each guest that we have on the show, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. I'm literally never, I see, I'm usually used to the potato question, like what for, like type of potato are you? Um, What's the potato? Oh, you just said it. Okay. You, what type of potato are you? But for fruit, I don't know why, but... I don't know. I'd probably say strawberry, just like very generic. I really like a strawberry. I, I have no deep meaning for that, but they're my most favorite. people don't. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. That's all right. I had strawberries I like today. Yum. <laughs> Wonderful. Take it away, Ken. <laughs> so Sarah, welcome. Just before before we get any further, too, I I didn't say I and people might know I didn't say what degrees you earned because I didn't want to get it wrong. So what what degree did you just graduate with undergrad and now what degree are you pursuing at St. Joe's? Well, they have nothing to do with nothing this to do with it. But you know, we need you need to show yeah, I'm just your amazingness not qualified, and your credibility. So. <laughs> not qualified to give any intellectual. Um, we aren't either <laughs> opinion on this topic. But I graduated with bachelor's in political science and psychology and now i am pursuing my master's in public policy um and i'll graduate next year so, so yeah. extremely qualified for to talk sure. about barbie yeah exactly and, you know, 
But I'm also a girl, so I'm definitely more than these Kens. So I mean, yeah, that's also. I mean, speaking of that too, I felt like it's you know as any episode, but we'll be talking about different themes on you know gender and gender equity and feminism and masculinity and things like that. So I think it's important for us to kind of lead this episode off with um, our pronouns and some of our identities. So I can go first with that. My name is Justin. Pronouns he, him, his. I am a biracial cisgender straight male coming into this conversation about Barbie. I am Nick Gervasi. I am another co-host on this show and I identify as a cisgender gay male, which is different. I just want to point out gender is different from sex. I am Sarah. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a white cisgendered lesbian. Ooh, a friend. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Friend. Friend, I see you. Boom, 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 boom. See, I have the worst, I have the worst gaydar possible. So like. I, will, I look like such a basic straight girl. So it's okay if you don't clock me. Most people don't. No, I don't you clock like anyone. <laughs> Definitely not stereotypical Barbie, <laughs> but I can look like it if I want to. Well. I I can't clock anyone, so <laughs> it took me a long time to clock myself, if I'm being so quite real. honest with you. So, so like, like, and yeah, so, but yes, friend, so excited for you to be here. <laughs> me too. So before we go on, we should just say potential spoilers ahead for Barbie. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can still listen. Just be aware, you know, there might be spoilers and we don't want to spoil this, but Sarah, you just kind of heard from the from the cold open that we had our initial, I guess it was more my initial reactions to the movie right when we left the theater. But what were your kind of initial reactions after seeing the movie? You saw it with one of your friends, right? Yes. Well, I saw I've seen it twice so far. You've seen it twice, too. OK. <laughs> yes. Double friend. Double friend. Yeah. Well, so the first time I saw it with one of my best friends, we were in tears. I was a mess so it was literally just like it was pure joy but also just like so many emotions I, I could not collect myself and then the second time I took the two little girls that I babysit to see Ooh. it which Ooh. was fun um obviously it's like the young like they didn't they missed a lot of what the movie was there for but it was so much fun to see it with young girls and see their reactions to that especially like it's such a different movie than what i grew up with or the barbie that i grew up with it was a very different uh type of barbie so that was really fun um i think i was just my initial reaction i was just like in awe of every aspect of the film the acting the writing the directing the production it's been a lot of processing. Yeah, for sure. Nick, we didn't really get to hear your initial reaction, but was yours similar to to that and to, to mine? What was your... Well, yeah. Having it seen it three times. Yeah, well, when I first watched the movie, I was like, I have to come back. I First of all, I have to process, and then I have to come back and watch it again, and I have to take notes this time. Also, I just want to say, not the medical emergency in the background. Did anyone hear that? <laughs> Sorry, I live in Philadelphia. Okay, well, so... Yeah, no, I definitely had to process. I loved it. I was dissecting it as I watched. I think the magic of the movie is how it makes girls and women feel. And, you know, cinematically, I think the magic is in the details. Like, it's very, very detail-oriented. Like, it, 
even like I don't know if you saw this, but I saw an interview with Margot Robbie with like the stickers in the fridge. There are a few different examples of this, but like Barbie doesn't have real food and that just works because she's Barbie. She it's a lot of make believe and suspend. What's the right word? What am I looking for? Reality. Suspend reality just in the way that like, what does beach mean? We don't know. I do beach when she just kind of like floats off off. her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When she floats off the top of her roof because Barbies don't use the stairs. Like you just suspend reality to create this like plastic world. But that is that's the magic of it from like a cinema level. But I think the real magic is how it makes girls and women feel. And I think. Margot Robbie did a fantastic I felt so bad for her in the crying scenes like even when she finds out that she's not this I'm gonna take it way back after this but after she finds out that she's not this symbol of empowerment to many young girls in the real world that was like her performance there was gut-wrenching in my opinion so we can talk about that a little bit later too but yeah those are my three aspects the acting the details and the message yeah i think the biggest thing was just like i felt so seen i really like i really did and like kind of how you were describing the experience in the theater was so special too with all of these people um you know cheering and dressed up and it's been so long since we've had that kind of like monoculture moment of like going to the movies and everyone's excited for one movie and I like I feel like it's been so long since that kind of thing has happened so it was just a really special experience. Did you feel the energy at the end of the movie? Like it was almost for I I'll let you explain it but what was that like? I think I was just like overcome when they start playing the Billie Eilish song and doing all those clips Mm. and she's with Ruth or Margot Robbie is with Ruth the creator of Barbie um and that just like encapsulates like girlhood and growing up and motherhood and just like the lifelong experience that is very nuanced and varied but also so um singular of being a woman that that was just like when the tears started coming down my face and everyone in the theater like could feel it like could just feel it how raw that the those emotions were um for each of us because I think we were a lot of us were also thinking about our own experiences um and how we were represented in a Barbie movie was just it was just insane it was quite intelligent yeah yeah, what, I, I think it was a very smart movie too. Like the way you mentioned, one hundred percent poking fun at Mattel, um, the comment, the layers of commentary where I feel like you know the kids that I brought, they they could they laughed at a lot of the jokes, like they got it, but I got them in a different way, right? Um, and that it was, I felt like it was very accessible and palatable to you know people who don't have feminist discourse all the time or engage in these conversations all the time they could receive this messaging um and enjoy a fun movie whereas you could also like dive really deep into the layers of what they were talking about and the themes that the filmmakers were exploring obviously i will never know what it's like to be a mother or a woman but the energy that i felt 
at the end of the movie could only be described in my words as a lightness and a heaviness at the same time. But everyone was very quiet in all three, like leaving the movie. It was almost as if we had just watched like, like I felt like we were in a way pro- processing out of like something very heavy, like a, and, and there were a lot of heavy themes in there, but there was also, I feel a lot of optimism. Would you agree with that? I don't want to speak for you. That's yeah. why I purposely wanted uh, you to. No, absolutely. I did feel that sense. It When I say I felt seen, like, that is a good thing. And, like, all with all of the heaviness and self-reflection that it made you do, it was all with this feeling of, like, oh, my. Like, I remember the first text I sent to my family group chat after seeing it was, I love being a woman like it was just like really that like reclaiming that love of like being a girl and everything that this movie represented and made you reflect upon was just I I, I don't even have words for it at this point it is just really such a special feeling as Nick said you know we're both self-identifying males and men and so maybe we couldn't come at the movie as the same lens that you did i do feel like you know having women in our lives i know we both have sisters we both have mothers nick and i and so and women friends i think as a self you know proclaimed feminist too i i i like to think that i you know stand up for you know women's rights and um just just you know any type of discrimination really i you know i think nick you hit it you know the nail on the head when you said it was like a lightness and a and the heaviness mm-hmm. um i don't really know how much that really contributed to the conversation right there but i just felt like too you know despite not being you know not identifying as a woman i i too kind of felt that but maybe from a different or definitely from a different perspective i feel very passionately about this like as you know, I've said this before on the show, this is no surprise. There are a lot of strong women in my life and mm-hmm. also my heroes. Like, you know, yeah. I don't need to name them. I've named them her a lot on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, her. <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh, <laughs> you talk about that special feeling that you had. And while there were a ton of moments at the beginning of the movie that were probably felt, you know, heavily or I won't use the word heavily because we already said heavy and I don't mean it in like a dark way. Just like we're very relatable to women. I feel like the first turning point in the movie where you start to see, oh, this is this is going to get a little bit more, this is going to dive a little bit deeper, is at the bus stop when the old woman and Barbie are both sitting on the bench. Do you want to talk about that scene first, do we think? That was when it really, for me, when I was like, I mean, I kind of knew going in that it was going to go deeper than just being a movie about a plastic doll. But that is that scene has been talked about a lot on social media, so I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I really thought that scene was so beautiful um, because I think, Barbie, you see this multiple times throughout the movie of how... Barbie responds to situations or reacts that shows that she hasn't internalized all of these messages 
that patriarchy teaches us as women growing up. Um, you see that in her interactions with Ken um, and the way that she has no problem with, you know, refusing his advances or saying no because she hasn't was never taught that she should be afraid of, you know, what saying no to a man might mean. And I think you see that again in this bus stop scene where she was never taught that aging is a negative thing for a woman or that beauty is only in the stereotypical Barbie beauty that we're often sold. She sees this woman, this older woman sitting at a bus stop, say, says that you're beautiful. And what's even better is that this older woman embraces that compliment, does not does not even say thank you, doesn't, you know, try to qualify that statement or, you know, say, oh, well, I, for my age, sure. No, all she says is, I know it. She knows she's beautiful and so does Barbie. And I think that's just a really powerful, like kind of a, a scene that pulls it all together of what Barbie land is without patriarchy, even though this scene is taking place in the real world. Because that is how the Barbies exist in Barbie land. They are aware of their power and don't feel bad about having power and having beauty and don't apologize for their accomplishments. And Barbie's able to articulate that to this woman and she can as well. I, I really liked that scene too. And I think Sarah said it most eloquently, so I'm I'm not even going to try and follow that, but I, something that brought to mind just that's one of the first scenes you see or maybe one of the second, but scenes you see when Barbie and Ken make it to the real world. And what I was just thinking about, um, Nick, you kind of talked about like cinematically how it was written and different things like that. But I think what Greta Gerwig did really well um, in writing the movie was you don't see anything about the real world until she wants you to right so it's your your first lens into the movie is barbie land or barbie world barbie land barbie land barbie land yeah is is barbie land and kind of you kind of get to know what how that world is run and things like that and i think for me for my lens which i find interesting now talking about it and i'm just kind of realizing as i'm processing it out loud when we made the transition from barbie land into the real world you know I am, we are all part of that world. That's not the fantasy part. Barbie land is part of the fantasy part, but it made our world and the things that happened in our world that much more jarring coming from the fantasy land of Barbie land. True. Just from my lens. Like, yeah, the contrast. And obviously that was on purpose, but just the immediate cat calling, the immediate comments on barbie's body and ken's outfit and both of their outfits and a privilege of mine being a man is that i don't experience the cat calling i don't i don't experience you know that type of physical scrutiny i guess maybe i do um to an extent but i guess not to the amount that maybe women do in our society and so i I thought cinematically that was an interesting thing that greta gerwig did and very purposely so because just as I'm now talking about it, it was it was just jarring to just see things that happen in our everyday life that I might just be a blind follower in or or what's the word that I'm thinking of? Not a follower because I I 
like to think I, I don't I'm pretty sure I don't catcall I d- haven't uh, catcalled no, I can say definitively um, <laughs> I was but, gonna say but, what are you making yourself out to be no, 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 yeah yeah right um, both of you know who I am I have not done that but what's the, what's the, uh, I, a complicit I feel like a complicity yeah it's a complicity that I that I'm in just being around that and just you know in the society that we are in that I was just it was thrown into your face I think having that you start with that and then go into the real world justin you mentioned the catcalling and the comments about barbie's body in the movie i don't know if you heard this because it's it's said um very quickly and there's music playing in the background but greta also took aim at the way women dress being the reason that it's it's not the reason but there's an argument there's a misogynistic argument that oh well she was wearing this that's why this happened or her outfit was too revealing um the cop that's arresting them says the second time they're arrested when they're fully clothed both her and ken or rather their skin isn't showing a lot of their skin on their body is not showing and they make a comment about that too saying well it's better this way you can you can leave more to the imagination so that was highlighting that it's not which we know but it's not the way they dress it's the way that you're viewing them it's the perception no matter what you're wearing you're going to get a comment right that and that's what i yeah that's what that scene to me was meant to do and for context when they're first arrested they're wearing like 80s workout clothes yes very clothes yes very leotard unitard just tight clothing this is Ken and Barbie, and then the second time they're arrested, is that when they're in the cowboy, like, cowboy outfits with frills and things like that? Yes. Sarah, you... I just want to give you... Did you hear that comment on the in the movie? For the second time that they got arrested? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. When he's... Like, the officer says something to the effect of, like, oh, it's even better when you're, like, fully dressed because it leaves more to the imagination. Right. Um. You know to yeah drive home the point that you can be wearing anything or look like anything or not even look like stereotypical barbie and they're still coming for you right yeah so i i just wanted to highlight that because i i've heard that that's not i know that's not uncommon unfortunately yeah no it for sure and it was interesting what you said about how jarring it was justin because i felt the same way even though like (laughs) every day walking to work like i'm hearing the same things yelled at me but like it doesn't phase me at this point because it's normal and i'm not like my physical space isn't being violated so i can block it out but then like hearing it in the movie when it's this sharp contrast from the utopia of barbie land was like what like what do you mean they 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 can just make those comments let's can we talk on the topic of toxic masculinity and patriarchy there was a lot of role reversal in this movie that i felt was and tell me if you agree because i'd love to get your thoughts on it a lot of role reversal that was it was very interesting because i felt like this movie in some ways was trying to 
show the harmful effects of patriarchy to men by painting them as the ones that were being oppressed, like the Kens. But at the same time, it didn't hold back during other scenes in coddling them. Yeah. What would you, what do you think about that? I honestly, when hearing, before I saw the movie, when I heard all the rhetoric about it and how, you know, (laughs) conservatives were very upset that it was so anti-man, I honestly came into this movie expecting a lot more (laughs) anti-man propaganda, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I thought they painted the Kents in a very sympathetic light, and I think they did a great, and I say that as a positive thing, because I think the movie does a great job of showing how both men and women and people of all genders are harmed by patriarchy, men obviously in different ways from women, but I think the Kens were overall sympathetic characters, even when, you know, they made, they acted horribly, but I thought- Mojo Dojo Casa Houses? (laughs) (laughs) I thought the role reversal was really fascinating to me. Because although the roles were, the you know, the power imbalances were flipped, the Kens were never fearing for their physical safety. True. They never had any threat of violence against them. They, you know, maybe they were being made fun of a little bit, but not really. They had pretty good lives. Their biggest problem, Ken's biggest problem was that Barbie didn't love him the way that the way that he loved her. And while that's a bummer, he'll be okay. And whereas in, you know, the real world, women are in a constant state of fear and move through the real world in like a flight or fight mode. So I thought it was interesting that when they did the role reversal, they didn't go a complete 180, whereas, where you know, to have the Barbies be like dominating in an aggressive, violent, oppressive way. Obviously they had more power than the Kens, but it wasn't in, at least I didn't perceive it as a, like an intentionally evil way. I don't know. I'll be honest, that's something I didn't even realize, but you're absolutely right in terms of not doing a complete 180. Yeah. That's, that is fascinating. Um, What were your thoughts about the every night is girls night because i i feel like that was referencing something um in in a flipped sense but what were your thoughts on that i hadn't really thought about that i mean i love the idea of every night is girls night but that's <laughs> just me but i i hadn't thought about that in terms of a role reversal um but i do think that makes a comment of yeah every in barbie land every night is girls night because girls run the world and, you know, everything is always done by their rules and their whims and desires in the same way that in our world, you know, every institution is, you know, it's always, it's always guys, guys night in every institution we have here. That's kind of how I took it too. And also the, the comment that well, why don't we have an inter... I think we do have an International Men's Day, to be quite honest with you, but... We do. We do, actually. <laughs> why don't we celebrate International Men's Day? Do we Day? really? Interesting. Yep, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised, but <laughs> you know those comments. Like, why isn't there a this day? And it's like, well, every day... Every day is... Is this day, day in the system that we live in. Yeah, 
exactly so that was how that's i and created like let's not let like humans created the society we live yes. in too so it, yes. you know it's less passive i mean oftentimes nowadays it's more of a we're in a passive but you know people in power are actively maintaining the way right. things are because yes. we can say that yeah that the system is the way it is but it's it is because it's actively maintained by people in power it's not a passive thing right which are often straight white wealthy men yeah exactly and again i just want to because i don't to be honest i don't know who's gonna listen to this episode i'm not saying and we're not saying oh if you're a white man that's straight you're a bad person because no and i can see how that argument would be harmful as well it's literally just saying you benefit from an oppressive system and if you recognize that and work to combat it to the best you of your ability to the best of your ability you're called to do so not if i'm not saying if you can do that you're called to do so you are called to do so because you're pointing kind of, out pointing out privilege yes mm -hmm. i i also think too you know, relating to what you both have said and the way that the movie was written, I think more right-wing critics have said, you know, as Sarah said, oh, it's anti-man, whatever. But the way the movie was written, like you said, it wasn't, okay, now the women are oppressing the men, which is why I think, and I'm not Greta Gerwig, so I don't know what her intention was necessarily, but I like to think that it was more about promoting gender equity. Because, you know, even at the end when, you know, all is restored to the way it was in Barbie land. Barbie does say, well, I guess every night doesn't have to be girls night. And I don't think it's like, oh, if it should be role reversal and women should rule instead, we should be living in a matriarchy instead of a patriarchy. Someone said to me recently, it's just power corrupts no matter who it is in power. And mm -hmm. so, you know, whether it's a patriarchy or a matriarchy that at some point human nature power corrupts and so which i thought was an interesting philosophical thought which we can talk about we don't have to talk about i'm just going to leave that there but just bringing everybody to the table and giving everybody equal opportunity to me is kind of what i got from it versus oh we sh you know we should live in a matriarchy instead of a patriarchy i don't think that was necessarily the solution that was given i agree to an extent but i also think the the movie focused so much on the systemic like deep rooted power imbalances that yeah i mean you know this that equal opportunity isn't enough to lift everyone to a place of equity and so that's why i think the depiction of barbie land was important not as an ideal or something that we should ever aspire to but as a thought of okay what does the world look like when it's not run by men is it even possible to have gender equity when women and people who aren't men have been oppressed and marginalized for thousands of years under the system that we live in and that our ancestors always lived in. And so I don't know if she was proposing or if Greta Gorick was proposing a certain type of world we should aspire to or rather just offering like this is what it could look like and not great it's also not ideal either to have a matriarchy but 
I think before you can even have a conversation about a world with gender equity or a world without patriarchy, you have to focus on the issues at hand of the, you know, the systemic oppression that we face. I agree to that. I don't think she was necessarily providing a solution, but more so pointing out um, or criticizing different things about the way things are. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think people are going to see the Bard move and be like, "This is how society should be," yeah. or have a solution to how to fix yeah. oppression and things like that. But um, no, yeah, I, I I get that. Yeah, what were you going to say, Nick? In response to Sarah's, you can't just you know level the playing field and that you didn't use those exact words, but and expect it to be fair, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when the conversation of equity comes in. But it's the metaphor that I think of is like the stick that's bent. You have to bend it past equilibrium to get it to equilibrium. Yeah. Because if you go and stop at equilibrium, the stick is going to bend back the other way, just in, in the way that it's been that way for so long. Yeah. Mm If, if it's okay with you guys, I would like to talk a little, we talked a little bit about the masculinity and how that's portrayed in the movie. Do you want to talk now a little bit more about feminism and how that's portrayed in the movie and just go back to a little bit of the girlhood and the womanhood that are both such large themes? Yeah, I could literally talk about this forever. But in terms of the feminism point, I'll start with that because I'm actually really interested to hear what the two of you think about Um, Barbie's portrayal of feminism because I've seen a lot of critiques online that it's very surface level feminism 101 which it is I'm hearing this from you know corners of the internet that take gender studies courses and read bell hooks and all of these things that we do need a more nuanced conversation about feminism, especially a more intersectional conversation about feminism. But this movie was not was not serving that purpose and never claimed to serve that purpose. I know we're going to talk about the the monologue in a little bit. Mm. But I think the way that this movie just like laid it out there, like yeah, basic intro to feminism 101 is really important for, first of all, for the audiences who may not have been exposed to that type of messaging before and are now able to have these conversations. And also even to people who are deep in this type of thought and this thinking and writing and talking about feminism, seeing how these messages can be made palatable and are palatable in the neoliberal like white feminist sense that does serve a like a very important strategic purpose in the feminist movement's goals it's not 100 percent correct all the time and needs intersectionality but i think the movie did actually do a good job or i'm not an expert on intersectional feminism and i can't i don't hold a lot of the identities that that movement advocates for but i i loved what the movie did with feminism but i would love to hear as i would love to hear from people who aren't women about what they thought the kens if you will yes (laughs) (laughs) what is the 
question exactly how do we feel about how feminism was portrayed in the movie yeah or like i don't know like i guess like did you did it did it resonate with you because i know i know that you both understand the basics like are feminists and understand like how patriarchy works so like did it did it resonate with you did it fall flat or like you know half-ass feminism I was wondering what you thought I don't think it well to me it didn't feel half-assed I thought there were like I said there was a lot of intention behind each scene it's interesting because and this is not to pat myself on the back this is not like oh good job like for being a the bare minimum you know but like I see maybe I don't know maybe this is just as a gay man I'm not sure gay men are still um can still be responsible for and susceptible to misogyny but just as a gay man like I was there for Margot Robbie you know what I mean like I was like slay like this is iconic like that is just how I view like quite literally many of my heroes are female pop singers so like that's how I was like living you know like that's how I was viewing the movie the parts that were more difficult for me to resonate with because I'm not a woman is the how it feels because I don't know how it feels I can listen and I can have conversations like this and I think because Greta Gerwig did a good job with this movie or in my opinion she did a, a phenomenal job I think she portrayed how she feels the female experiences at least for her she can only portray what she feels and then I don't know I'm assuming she there were many conversations to make sure it's as universal as it could be just or hit as many experiences as it could be not be universal so I'm assuming like the actors had a part in it and the writers had a part in it like I don't know much about directing or how much she was involved in the story or if her job as a director is more like behind the camera and like the angles I don't necessarily like I know nothing about cinematography she did write the screenplay okay but okay yeah. So I'm assuming she had conversations with other women. So I think every story is unique to the creator. So she wrote her best interpretation of what her peers are feeling, but definitely what she feels. I think, I mean, she could have gone a complete, I just can't imagine she'd say, okay, how can I like make this so not about my experience? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she probably wrote from her viewpoint as most writers and you know playwrights and movie creators do question mark um i i really don't have like a solid answer i don't think it was half-assed because i think there was a lot of thought put into it yeah i agree i'm totally with you did that make sense because i didn't want to like that sounded to me like just hearing it as a listener like you know or pretending to be a listener that i hear it as what did you think about how feminism was portrayed? Well, I'm a great man. Like, that's <laughs> what it sounded I like. Think, I don't know if it's, yeah. But I wasn't yeah. quite shocked. And maybe, maybe I'm sure there were men that weren't shocked by women being portrayed this way. Because all, char- all of the female characters are very strong and independent. Like, that's something that I see a lot. So maybe that's why I wasn't shocked by it, but there could be people that were un- uncomfortable by it. 
and there's obviously an issue with that, but I think that's what the movie, one of the things the movie was taking aim at and highlighting it for people. And please tell me if I'm, you know, overstepping and saying that too. Like, I want to make sure that I'm getting my thoughts across accurately without, you know, speaking for women. That's just, as a man that watched the movie, that's how I felt. Yeah. No, thank you. Of course. Justin. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Nick. And I think, you know, Sarah, you made a good point about, you know, this this movie was not going to be a deep dive into into gender studies or anything like that. It was, you know, and even if some people took it away, took it away as like surface level, I think, again, we talked in the beginning of this episode about it trying to be approachable to as many people in the audience as possible. And I think you know, introducing some concepts to some people or just reintroducing it to other people um, was definitely important. I know I will say similar to Nick, right? Like as as a, a man talking, but also as a feminist speaking, um, I take my definition of what, if, what does it mean to be a feminist from the women in my life, right? Like I don't kind of create my own definition and say this is what it means to be a feminist and I'm doing that, I'm checking those boxes it changes like anything, um, you know, in life. And so, you know, I, I take those cues and those response, those, um, I, I craft that definition from the, from the women in my life and, you know, and what that means. So I think answering the question is, is definitely hard. I mean, I don't know you, you spoke so eloquently about, you know, the different like bell hooks and, and the, 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 was it the neoliberal kind of view that, that, um, yeah, I just yeah. think the I do, personally didn't have a problem with it. I just have yeah. seen a lot of internet comments of it's 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 two white feminists, and sure. I mean Greta Gerwig is a white woman, and so am I. So it's not really it's not really my place to disprove that or you know yeah, say yeah. that's not true. But I don't know. I I thought I thought it was like we've said so many times. Like this movie was all about accessibility and um you know making these things as palatable as possible while also opening the doors for conversations like this that are a lot more deeper and more nuanced um i think something that our guest on a few episodes back now milo continued to say in their episode is it's kind of like a yes and right it's it 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 said what it said but it can you know and it can go further um, right. And I think that's, you know, it's a jumping off point. It's, it's a conversation starter. Like we're talking about it right now. It's also supposed to entertain, you know, it is a movie, Yeah. but, but <laughs> I think about dolls, yeah, you know, yeah. About <laughs> dolls and things like that. But us scholars, I even hesitate to call us that just like talking about this. I think that's the point too. It's just, it's supposed to start conversations. Yeah. I think that's the point. Yeah, exactly. To dive a little deeper into the female experience, Sarah, do you want to talk about the scene, like the scene of the movie, the monologue? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, America Ferreira, what a woman, what, <laughs> what an actress. That was just, that blew me away. The delivery, the content, it just absolutely like 
summed up all of, not all because (laughs) they're infinite, but so many of the common pressures and challenges that are universal experiences for almost every woman and girl growing up. And just, I mean, the, I I just, the delivery was just fantastic because it just kept coming and it just kept, she kept hitting you with it. Like that monologue for some people was feminism 101, which it is, but it is also so, such a deeply lived experience for people who identify as women and are raised as girls that all of those things that she mentioned, whether it's about body image or, you know, motherhood or career or, you know, just interacting with other people on a daily basis um, are just these things that are constantly weighing on our minds, but we don't often don't articulate them or put language to them um, because it's just the way that we're socialized and the way that we move through the world. Um, so for all of those aspects of womanhood to like be crashed together in like a five minute or so monologue was just like really striking to like have like my entire life like summed up like that like really quick. No, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I was moved by that monologue almost to tears. If tears were on the ed- on the verge of, they were right there and. I'm curious, what did you both think about snippets of that monologue or continuations of that monologue being kind of like the cure to the brainwashing? Yes. When, when you know, Ken comes back from the real world and he instills patriarchy in Barbie land and he's brainwashed the Barbies. What did you make of that being the, being the cure? Um, lines from that monologue or lines similar to that monologue being the, not the cure, but the the snap back to Barbies being Barbies. Well, the line I believe in the movie, and I'm going to misquote this, but it's by giving voice to the cognitive dissonance of being a female in the patriarchy dismantles it, robs it of its power, mm-hmm. robs the patriarchy of its power. Um, so that was very, in a very literal sense, like to me, you know, calling something out, calling out the problem, talking about the problem, making sure it's not the elephant in the room. The problem, it, it can't exist in silence. Or it, it can thrive, not it can't exist in silence. It's going to thrive in silence. So the more vocal we are about it, the smaller the problem's going to get. So to, to call it out. It's breaking that complicity kind of. Yes. And that is why putting language to these experiences is so important and putting it in a big blockbuster movie like this is so important to exactly give words to these experiences and these microaggressions and macroaggressions that women experience that by talking about it and by realizing for people of all genders to understand that this is what's happening yeah it does like snap you out of it in this like in the way that justin says like he takes his cues for feminism from the women in his life like because you're having those conversations and that is not to like I don't like I'm not saying you're like cured of patriarchy but like it does like it does like snap you out of being complicit and from like and into being an advocate and like I think that's that's what we need for you know all forms of oppression but you know since we're talking about gender here like I think that's what's happening 
I agree. And we talked about it in a in a previous episode too, Nick, but we did an episode on toxic masculinity and then and in that episode we talked about how unfortunately what comes with toxic masculinity is gender-based violence. And women are oftentimes on the receiving end of the gender-based violence, but men are responsible for dismantling the toxic masculinity, not women pointing it out. And so, you know, it's important for us to be having these conversations about feminism, about you know, the patriarchy, you know, us as in you and I, Nick, being, being, you know, self-identifying men just as much as it is for, you know, you know, maybe even more, but just as much as it is for, for women, for Sarah, for women to be seeing this movie and be talking about this movie. Yeah. I think it should be mandatory viewing for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, like, like, I? I'm like making my brother see I was going to say, did I see a screenshot of a, you saying that you're brothers have to see this in your family group chat or something yes, like yes. that did i yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's mandatory <laughs> i love that i want to ask on that note and i don't know whether greta gerwig uh created this metaphor or if it's how i read the scene it doesn't matter it's not a perfect metaphor no no metaphor is perfect you can't you know liken things exactly in a metaphorical sense, two things that are actually happening. But what were your thoughts on when the Kens were turned against each other? That's how the Barbies reclaimed their power. Because the way I read that was not we need to turn men against each other. Read that as a call out to those in power who often, for example, we look at what we're being sold in terms of body image, right? And how a lot of these, like, I don't know if you've heard the song Victoria's Secret, but it basically says Victoria's a dude, like, he's an old guy selling you this, like, false message of what you have to be in order to be pretty. And then people are, it's turning, then then you bring in the the competition um, between women, and it kind of masks the problem, the larger problem that's going on. When they're really not their enemies. And we see this, I feel like we see this a lot. This is a theme in all oppression. You kind of like blame the, like, for example, the argument that, oh, people who don't live in the U.S. that are moving here are stealing our jobs. It's like, okay, well, no. But second of all, like, I feel like those in power that are now paying those workers less money to do the same job... It's deflecting the blame onto someone who's just trying to live. And I feel like that was kind of what she was doing with the the turning the men against each other, like in the in that role reversal. And tell me if either of you disagree, but in that role reversal, it was like the person in power. Yeah. And and that's I think that's also like articulated when like Sasha says like, oh, well, men hate women and women hate women because that's what like we're taught is, you know, for everything to be a competition and to, yeah, hate everything that, you know, because women are lesser that, you know, everything feminine is negative. And so I think you see that in that scene, in that role reversal. And I think you also see it in the Mattel executives, which I thought like their their presence in the movie was so interesting in terms of like corporation commentary, mm. capitalism commentary, but also all the white men controlling this land of beautiful women and marketing mm. to young girls and women. 
And just to sneak this into the solution of Barbie coming to the real world for them. I mean, this had many layers to it, but why don't you get in the box? Get in the box. I know. Why don't I you know. get in the box? Oh, it was oh, so good. That scene I thought was so interesting. Oh, just yeah. yeah. But just yeah. a small thing. I didn't even think about that with the box. And that, that one's like slapping you in the face the whole time. <laughs> like it's like literally get in a box. Yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. see. I'm looking at it Very and I'm like, Barbie. Yeah. right. Well here I'm looking at it as a, this is my privilege viewing it this way. And also I'm, I love like details, marketing, all that stuff. I'm like, Oh, what a pretty box. They did such a good job. on that. <laughs> like, look at, look at the twist ties. Like they really went into detail on those, but I do just want to yeah. re highlight that this was when I, I, this is probably how I read the scene and it's an imperfect metaphor because I'm not saying, well, the Barbies were wrong to turn the, Kens against themselves or against each other to then take power like within the context of the movie they regain their power from an oppressive force but at the same time that's how I saw it like the the person in power staying in power by turning those that are being oppressed against each other that's kind of how I saw it a little bit but you mentioned that and please tell me if you disagree I don't want to again I don't want to be like that's how I saw it next topic you brought up the executives. Did you notice, I'm I'm assuming you both did, that Will Ferrell's character, who, who is the CEO of Mattel, the way he reacts to things as a man, it's very overreacting. Yeah, he's being emotional. But he gets, exactly, but he gets away with it. It's There's no, they never, I mean, from a director's point of view, you know, she draws attention to it, but like the characters never draw attention to it. And in fact, the characters aren't the Mattel team isn't even necessarily viewed as like an the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, which I find really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And granted, maybe that's because Mattel that's- made the movie. <laughs> like part of had had <laughs> a hand in the movie. Very beginning, so a Mattel production. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, that was something I noticed too. Like when he was like, "Just get in the books," like. Yeah. If a woman, Taylor Swift talks about that a lot, like a man can react, but a woman can only overreact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they make another reference to that in the beginning when Barbie, you know, in a world without misogyny in Barbie land, when one of the Barbies is like, I can hold both reason and logic. And I recognize that, or, or I'm sorry, <laughs> both feeling and reason or Something logic and reason. Yeah. Um, And I recognize that they enhance each other, not. Yeah. Like my my feelings enhance or or give me strength. They don't like so yeah, they they pointed it out there too. I don't know the exact quote, so I'm not going to continue to butcher it, but Yeah. Yeah. As someone in the psychology field, I appreciated that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they they did it really well. That was, that was good. Yeah. I'm seeing a note that um, Sarah wrote that I'm curious about. <laughs> that, that does not even belong in this podcast. That's just my theory. <laughs> it's so, but but it's you know, but that goes back to the way you can interpret movies, and also, also, there is no one right way to interpret a film. If somebody wants to come out of that movie. And interpret it a different way. That's art. That's yeah. that's yeah. what art's there to do at the end of the day. I mean, the director has a message and the writer has a message if it's a book. 
or a film, you know, anything, TV show, whatever. But I mean, interpretation, I, interpretations are valid. I'll say that. I, it sounds, I do not sound confident in that. I, they are all valid, but I mean, I, we're also seeing some, some, let's add nuance into the conversation. And I'm just saying like, if somebody says, oh, I saw this as a queer film mm-hmm. and, and you know, they're not saying like, oh, it was cause the gays are going to kill us. All. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they're seeing it in a positive light and they're like, I saw this as a queer film, that's how you read it. You know, and that's what you got out of it. And that's okay. That's what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. No, just like I we've touched on it, but just how the movie captures the female experience beyond, I think, everything that's horrible about being a woman, about being oppressed and being scared of men and all those things. Because, yes, like that's a big message of the movie. But what I really took away from it and why the first thing I said when the credits rolled was I love being a woman is because of the like pure feminine joy that both within the movie and outside of the movie in this cultural moment I think this really brought a lot of people especially for me because girls often you know when we're young we you know we play with dolls and we sing our favorite music and we love boy bands and you know we're allowed to allowed to do everything girly wear pink and then we all get to we all that's this is big generalizations of you know (laughs) the progression but i know this is a fairly common experience you get to a certain point and you're taught to hate anything that's associated with being a girl because you subconsciously have this understanding that being a girl sucks because you're never going to be on that elevated pedestal with men so many girls you know in their teenage years want to distance themselves from the color pink or the things they really enjoyed as a kid and i think what this movie brought you see this all over TikTok and the internet. What this movie like is doing for adult women and not just girls in their 20s like me, like I'm talking about mothers and grandmothers and women of all ages is the ability to just like revel in being a woman and being a girl and how awesome that is and like how cool the color pink is and like the deep bonds of female friendship and how beautiful that is. And I think that like, this movie, it shows it in the movie with the relationship between Gloria and Sasha and then, you know, Margot Robbie's character and all the deep, the female friendships among all of the Barbies. You see it there, but you also see it in the movie theater, in the audience, people going with their moms to see the movie, me taking the little girls I babysit for who I see my younger self in, in this movie. And I just really, I just really, really love how there's so much I think it's really special right now in 2023 that like we're allowed to be girls and we love being girls right now because I think for so long it wasn't cool and now it's cool and I just love it it makes me really happy I think that's a great place to end this episode honestly like what a great note to end that on it's it's a great time to be a girl um, and i know you guys are both not girls so i'm really sorry about no that, don't apologize that's okay that. no stop no, don't cool. don't apologize that's okay. for that at all because not to compare because i know they're different experiences but you also i mean you identify as a lesbian i identify as gay that's how i have felt when i go see a movie about a 
gay person. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, it's yeah, it comes with a lot of hardship, but like at the end of the day, I love it. Yes. I exactly. love that. Like I would not like I love this. I love being this so much. I love being a girl. I love being queer. Like it's the best thing in the world in my opinion. Right. And like, like it sucks a lot of the time, but like let's also just like I don't know, and that's also like what pride is. So Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you feel empowered. Yes. Is, really, yes. That's the yeah. point. That is, is the feel point. Empowered and that, and, in who you are. And that goes back to Margot Robbie's devastation when she realized that she was no longer or that she never really was an empowering figure as Barbie. And honestly, like growing up, Barb the idea of Barbie was not empowering to a lot of girls. But I think now it's really cool that in 2023 she's evolving and becoming empowering. Which is we won't give away the end of the movie, but you know, that Barbie is line. evolving. <laughs> yeah, everyone literally. Yeah, like literally. word for word. Almost. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. Oh like, gosh, I know I asked you super late. But... This, no, this is so much fun. I had so much fun. Thank you both so much. This is of course. Great. Thank you for this joining us. This was such us. a blast. Like, yeah. What a great conversation. Um, you'll definitely have to come back on. We'll definitely have to you know, sure. hang out now that we'll be semi-closer to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this was so great. Thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you, guys. My name is Justin Dew. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, with I'm sorry. That... My... <laughs> this Ken is Justin Do. I was just going to say. All right, fine. I am My not... name is Ken. I was going to say, I'm not just Ken. I'm Nick Gervasi. <laughs> you can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com, and on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, threads, and TikTok at pointofdewpodcast, and Twitter at pointofdew. We might be getting rid of that soon, just an FYI. If yeah. you enjoy our show, make sure to follow the podcast and give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast, or share us with a friend or family member. We really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great two weeks. Thank you for listening, and until next time. I think Alan likes Ken's H. Oh, yeah. <laughs>